listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 109, where we will be discussing chapter 21 of Clockwork Prince, Coals of Fire. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. <laughs> there goes Kristen's face again. I just, I, I missed my calling as a game show host. Oh, ooh, what would you be on? I don't know. I could do The Price is Right. I could stand up there with the little, like, dum-dum microphone. Yes. Yeah. I really like Drew Carey, but I feel like it was a weird fit. It's a weird, I agree. It was a weird option. I just, because I watched the Drew Carey show, yeah, it feels weird. Yeah. It's too wholesome for him, I feel like. <laughs> we, yeah. um, we watched Whose Line Is It Anyway? That was the Drew Carey mm-hmm. thing that we watched. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <sighs> That's great. Oh, my gosh. Well, we are recording this episode immediately after our last episode. So hopefully Amanda is not still feeling under the weather next week. But <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> I know. I I feel bad. We're recording two episodes because I am going on a trip with my family. And so we're we're so excited. I am very excited. Okay. I don't know why I've been wondering. Yeah. Inquiring minds need to know. How are you going to feed your cats? My brother is coming over. He'll come over every day before work and feed the cats and change their litter box and do that stuff. Okay. That's nice. I mean, you don't have a kid to live in your house while you're gone. That was the only reason why. I did. Yeah. <laughs> no, they they want to live in their own fucking apartment, which is really fucking... It's a lot nicer than my house. Like, damn. <laughs> we moved them in. I was like, what the fuck? It, it, Do they live together, your brothers? N- no, they each live so, with their girlfriends. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's cute. This is How nice. old are they? Uh, Elijah is... 20 and Ashton okay. is 18 almost 19 wow he'll be 19 in Good April for them. Yeah. <laughs> my son my oldest is 21 obviously and um he and his friends were set to move out in May and the house that they were gonna rent just fell through oh. and so he's like yeah we're looking for an apartment and blah blah, blah. and I'm like it's so expensive it out there like uh-huh. I just I don't know it's just crazy to think he's still just a baby, but he is very much a grown adult and he could go live on his own, whatever he wants. Right. I just, you know, it's crazy. The world is scary. Yeah. Right. I'm just like, fuck. I mean, he has a full-time job. He works more than 40 hours a week. He can afford it. It's just what well, I don't know. It's a, it's a it's crazy weird feeling. You don't want them to fly the coop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I feel like it's, May may or may not be a good thing that it never happened. Okay. Mm-hmm. I will just say that. But I feel like I never, people are like, oh, don't you miss? Like, don't you feel bad that you didn't go to college? Or don't you feel bad that like, you missed out on something? And like, mm-hmm. no, none of that. I feel like I missed out on like having a roommate. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was a friend, like living with you. Although yep. that might yeah. have just not been great. Yeah. Uh-huh. If you're not like compatible roommates or whatever. And we yeah. lived next door and had our own we shit going on. We were great neighbors. So, like, it was close. We were yeah. good neighbors. Yeah. So maybe it would have been too much, but I feel like that, I missed out on that, the yeah. roommates. 
Yeah, yeah I, I, I missed out on the social part of college. Like, I don't feel like I missed out on the other stuff. I, I, I'm like, yeah. I wish I would have had a dorm room to hang out in and like, I don't know, but yeah, I totally know, under a, an, a freeway and... overpass. It is, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> when in Rome, <laughs> <laughs> when in Southeast Portland, <laughs> Oh, it's crazy. Well, it's what's funny is not that, but like <laughs> it is um, the apartments like that are down the street from our house. Basically, they're like 10 minutes away is where I lived when I was 18, mm-hmm. 17, 18. And it was like $675 a month or something for a three bedroom back then. Mm-hmm. And now that same apartment is almost two grand. Yeah. Uh huh. It's crazy. Yeah. Literally the exact same apartment. Like, I yep. just I can't even believe it. It's bananas. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Anywho. Anyway. It's, yeah, that's, that's a whole other topic. That's, yep. That's a weird <laughs> tangent to be on. Um, anyway, does anyone have anything fun going on this week? No? Nope. My son turned three. My other son turned three. <laughs> <laughs> And um, he's finally going potty, um, like, actually with his pants and stuff, like, actually figuring it out. So I think we're almost there, you guys. I think I might only have one in diapers soon. So <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <sighs> that is all. Oh, my gosh. Robin, you got anything? I don't think so. No funny stories. I don't think I have any funny stories either. Mm-mm. No. All right. Well, then let's cut the non-existent chit-chat and kick things <laughs> off with Robin's recap. Previously on Downworld or Dish, the carriage ride over to the Lightwoods midweek house. Like, for real. What the hell is that? Ridiculous. Yeah. Two yeah. houses, your midweek house. Yep. Anyway. It's awkward for Tessa because Will's having a 180 mood shift. Inside the house, the group meets with Benedict and Charlotte doesn't really mince words, calling him out for his indiscretions and laying out their terms of blackmail. Benny is all kinds of pissed, realizing that his oldest dick has betrayed him. (laughs) Gideon takes sides with Charlotte and a shocked Gabriel looks like he's staying on the dark side. Would that be his oldest nut? (laughs) <laughs> well, we call them Benny and the Dicks. Oh, so that's I feel fair. like it'd be his oldest. No, you're dick. right. You're right. That's fair. Yeah. Although I do like that also, but that's that wasn't the, what we went with. Back at the institute, Will and Tessa finally have their talk, and it's a doozy. <laughs> Will spills the beans about their his faux curse and declares his love for Tessa. Tessa's completely taken aback by the news and ends up telling Will that she was engaged to Jim just that morning and she won't break his heart and call it off. Will's grasping at straws but finally sees that this is the way it's going to be and asks Tessa to keep what they spoke about to herself. Tessa's in complete shock and ends up hurting herself with a fire poker. As per usual, Sophie's there to pick up the pieces. Back in her room, Tessa asks Sophie if she's excited about having her beau under the same roof. But she confesses that it's the exact opposite for her. She knew that her and Gideon were one of the most played out but delightful tropes, lovers from different worlds. 
And she should have known it wasn't going to work. But now that he's going to be here to see her as a servant all the time, it's going to end badly. Tessa actually defends Gideon and Sophie confesses that the thing she wants more than anything in the world is to wear cargo pants full time. <laughs> She's like, I can even apply a zipper. <laughs> Part time pants full time. <laughs> God, it's so hot in here. If only my shin could be free. <laughs> When you're in bed and you kick your foot out and it makes the biggest difference. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> regulating your whole fucking body. <laughs> you're like, yeah. how, how is how is my core cooling down when it's just my ankle? <laughs> yeah. That's so a bad. lot of steam. You gotta be careful. Yeah. Because the monsters will get you. Yeah. My cat will. Oh. That is true. <laughs> she comes up and smacks me in the face sometimes when I'm sleeping. <laughs> <sighs> I love it. All right, guys. Well, it's the last chapter of the second book of a Cassandra Clare trilogy. So you know what that means. Love triangle drama, baby. (laughs) Will's standing in the corridor between Jem and Tessa's rooms. In the book, it says he's in front of Jem's door, but I feel like we need to put that into perspective that Jem's door is also across the, the hall from Tessa's room. So like, Oh yeah. That is a bad spot for this guy to be in, in his state of mind. Right. <laughs> like what if Tessa, he doesn't know if Tessa's heading to her room or no, let's yeah. not dawdle buddy. So, uh, anyway, our dear Mr. Herondale, uh, is still reeling from his conversation with Tessa naturally. And I, his, his head is fucked. I mean, truly. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. It's truly <laughs> fucked. He's like having a conversation with himself, like trying to talk himself out of doing bad, bad things. <laughs> Sounds like me. <laughs> But he's very confused. And so um, I'm going to read. Okay. So this is his uh, Will's internal monologue. He did not know if he had come here to try and talk Jem out of Tessa, if such a thing could be accomplished, or more likely if this was where he had learned to go for comfort and he would not, he could not unlearn the habit of years. Okay. Ouch. Ouch. Yep. I just feel bad for him. And I can't, I don't know how to talk about this other than to be like, this is a bummer. I don't know. Yeah. Dude, that's, a, that's an Amanda word that is coined. That's going to be on your tombstone. That's a real bummer. Dying's a real bummer, man. Yeah. I feel like he is smart enough to know. That it's none of this is Jim's fault. None of it's really Tessa's fault. Like, I know that he kind of blames himself, but I think he wants to be kind of a salty bitch because Uh who doesn't want to be a salty bitch? Right. Yeah. But he knows he can't. Yeah. Like, or that he shouldn't. Yeah. He can if he wants to. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You could be drinking whole if you wanted to. What he needs is a hot goss sesh. (laughs) He needs to go to Magnus. 
and just talk out his feelings. Because <laughs> what do you, when you're in a bad situation where you know that you can't do, like you have to, like the, you only have one option and you're not happy about it and you want to be salty about it, but you know it's your only option. What do you do? You go to your friend and you bitch about it to get it off your chest so you can just go suck it up and do it tomorrow. He yeah. doesn't. His friend is his problem. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Magnus is the only one that knows about it. That's true. Yeah, I, right? I mean, or you and just Magnus yell would at be a your good person on your whole ride home. You yell at what? You yell at your purse? Your person. Your person. Your person. Oh. Yeah. Like you're in the car alone driving home from work and you're really mad and you're just like, fuck you. And you get all the yellies out on your car ride when you're by yourself Ooh. so then when you come home you're like gotcha. been there raged that oh right been there raged that that's the title yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh uh yeah so i i just i feel like this is the kind of thing cassandra claire does so well like i can viscerally feel the conflict in will like i can transfer and feel it on myself um, right. even though my best friend has never secretly gotten engaged to the love of my life like this still feels relatable. that you know of <laughs> right robin yep <laughs> will is keeping this a secret so you never know <laughs> yeah like i i don't i can still it, I, it still feels relatable to me i guess right the thing you don't know, yeah. Amanda, is I am the love of Kristen's life. This is true. So I'm already like I'm already in that spot. Yep. That's fair. It's Jason's the infiltrator. Yep. Damn it. And he knows it. <laughs> in fact, it's kind of funny because I have not told him about my results of my mold test yet, but you were the first person I tagged. This morning like I first thing when I grabbed my phone, I saw it, and my husband's trying to talk to me and like have this like morning moment conversation. I'm like, mm. I'm on duty. I'm on call. Rugal has been activated, <laughs> and you must sit down, peasant. <sighs> awesome. Oh, good stuff. Um. Anyway. He goes in and we get that beautiful circular storytelling moment where Jem says, Will, is that you, Will? Oh, it's so beautiful. Um, he does it, it a lot. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's all beautiful and touching. Um, just, you know, before things start to get brutal. Yeah. So Will does that thing where he plays the scene through in his head, you know, the version where you do and say exactly what you want and think, but would mm -hmm. never actually do in real life. Yep. <laughs> um, and I'm going to read you his internal, what he really wants to, his true what feelings. What's your fantasy? Yeah, Exactly. You see it, don't you, James? Without Tessa, there is nothing for me. No joy, no light, no life. If you loved me, you would let me have her. Fuck. You can't love her as I do. No one could. If you are truly my brother, you would do this for me. 
I'm really glad he's not saying Samesies. that out loud. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, samesies, bro. <clears throat> right? Like, what makes your feelings bigger than mine? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, that is not what happens. Um, oh, no. Instead, Jem plucks up the courage to excitedly tell Will about his upcoming nuptials. <laughs> and what's worse is that Will knew it was coming. So, like, this whole, like, in his point of view, we're feeling the anticipation leading up to as Jem's, like, figuring out a way to spit this out. And he's, like, talking around it. It's painful. Uh-huh. It's like going on a bear hunt. Can't go over it. Can't go under it. <laughs> <clears throat> so my, my last quote um, of, of this book, actually it hurts. So I'm just going to read it. This is Jem. Quote, you have never shirked your duties, Jem said. And I know that you would have done what you could to save Tessa in the tea warehouse, whoever she was. But I could not help thinking that perhaps the reason you were so determined to save her was because you knew what she meant to me. He tipped his head back, his smile incandescent. I did. Sorry. Did I, did I guess correctly, or am I a thick-headed idiot? You're an idiot, said Will, and swallowed hard past his dry throat. But you are correct. I know what she means to you. Fuck. Emotional damage. <laughs> I know that was coming. <laughs> what? It's crazy. I chihuahua. <laughs> I just, I can't, how, how do, how is he still standing? How is he not on the floor in tears? That is the worst thing. I think it's strange that Jim would think that's when Jim said he's like, oh. Our bond is so strong. Like he knows. Yeah. Right. Uh And Will's like, he's never even said anything about you, girl. Uh, Oh, oh. Uh-huh. Well, he's like, our connection is so good. You just picked up on yeah. that I loved her. <laughs> yeah. Awkward. Crazy. They don't have that good of a connection. Your parabrotai is not as connected as you thought, guys. You're on two different pages here. <laughs> well, I mean, the same page, just different different narrators it's it's like you can totally tell when will's saying like i know how much she means to you because he's really saying like she means that much to me Mm -hmm. yep yeah i see what you did there cassie i'm not i'm not sure my heart can take much more of that Um, yeah will sees how happy Jem is and you can you can just see with every line will's heart is like shattering it's like fissuring and shattering and breaking and little pieces are coming off (laughs) and he knows that he'll do anything to make his parabatai happy in you know for what little time he has um and tessa chose gem like right so really like at this point all he can do is be an asshole and create conflict right because she made Uh a choice so if he says anything now he's a dick 
Um, by the end of their interaction, Will kind of pulls himself together and is like resolved, and he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of the way, no matter how much it breaks my heart. You know, I owe Jem this much at least." For everything, you know, Jem in in Will's eyes, Jem kept him alive through these past five years, you know. Yep. So, as if to seal the deal, Jem apologizes for their little spat about Will's bender at the infrit den, and basically gives Will a pep talk, which it's sweet because Will really needs a pep talk in this moment. Right? Like, like uh-huh. he, he certainly needs that. But it's it has the opposite. It's so bad coming from Jem. <laughs> it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's, yeah. It's the worst thing or the best thing from the worst person at this moment. Um, So we leave that heart-wrenching escapade and fast forward to the next day at the council meeting where Tessa is in attendance which is very fancy I would uh-huh. not think that a downworlder would be invited to the council meeting but uh-huh. okay especially since this has nothing really to do with Tessa necessarily right I mean I suppose maybe maybe they think the that she's gonna thing. like testify or something maybe I guess but it does feel a little strange with how, I don't know. But then again, uh-huh. who knows what temperaments were like in the Victorian age. But uh, where am I? I think it was plot. So plot. there's that. Since we're in Tessa's point of view, uh, naturally the topic of Will comes up. Tessa hadn't seen him the night before because, uh, or since the night before, because he wasn't at breakfast. And then he came like rushing to meet them right as they were leaving for the meeting. Um, I'm surprised that nobody is picking up on this. Uh, maybe it's because Will usually fights with people and, you know, usually someone is avoiding eye contact with him. But, uh-huh. <laughs> like, th- what... What is everybody looking at? Because you didn't have phones. So what are you looking at in the carriage that you're not noticing two people, like, trying their hardest not to look at each other? How is nobody picking this up is what I'm saying. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I feel like everybody is in everybody else's business. Like, so we should know, right? Robin, what are you doing? Yeah. Fucking Robin. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> She said, what are you doing? And that's what you said you were doing. Just so you know. What? Because you're like, what are you doing? And she's like, fucking Robin. <laughs> I just I... see a flickering out of the corner of my eye. It was me. I lost my footing on my Google Doc and I pressed the button. <clears throat> anyway. All... I don't know. I feel like okay. Will's looking out the window listening oh. to um, Dashboard Ohio is for Lovers. Oh, okay. It's got to be raining, I'm sure. It's London. It's probably raining. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, anyway, all that is to say that even though Tessa wasn't looking at Will, she could feel him looking at her every once in a while, and it felt like hot ash on her skin. Yeah, so she kept scratching her head, and she was like, am I scratching my head too much? Because I know he's watching me. Because that's what I do, right? So... That's what she was doing. 
the hot ash made her itchy. Uh-huh. Yep. So Jem, on the other hand, contrasted in the very next paragraph, has been a perfect gentleman about their secret engagement. He brushed her knuck- or his knuckles across hers in a stealthy display of affection. It's all very sweet and innocent. Kind of cute considering that behind closed doors, things got pretty intense between the two of them. More intense than she ever got with Will, which is kind of right? <laughs> kind of funny. It's always the quiet ones you got to look out for. Right? <laughs> Date someone in band. You'll have a good time. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I kid. I kid. Okay, so anyway, back to the plot. Everyone's getting settled down at the council meeting. Benedict Lightwood is on the dais. Gabriel is sitting next to him. But Gideon chooses to sit with the shadow hunters from the Institute, which we doubt goes unnoticed, right? That's a big uh-huh. move. Yep. Con- Consul Wayland opens right. up the meeting um, and calls Charlotte up to testify. Like, so she's holding the mortal sword. She recounts everything, leaving out, like, the, you know, minor implicating <laughs> you know i blackmailed uh-huh. lightwood <laughs> like shit like just you know that yeah tessa's right. like i see how convenient it is that she can just leave things out like omitting the truth is totally fine with the sword yeah right yeah my mom told me that she's like never volunteer information but if somebody asks you a direct question don't lie mm-hmm. but don't incriminate yourself that sounds like yes. something a public defender would tell you to do <laughs> I was watching um, this. Yeah. Anyway, nope. Your never mom's mind. Like, I watch a lot of Law and Order. <laughs> Dude, no That's case, me. no face. Right. That's what Cardi B said. Oh Jesus Christ. Okay. Awesome. Um, what are we talking about? Oh, so when when Charlotte gets to the part about Jasmine's betrayal, which honestly sounds like the title of a Lifetime movie that I'd want to watch. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, I'd be into that. Um, so when he gets that part, the Inquisitor is like questioning Charlotte and she tells him that Jessamine is being held in the cells of the silent city. Like he's like, well, where is she? This betrayer. And, you know, because he holds the position of Inquisitor, he is contractually bound to be an asshole. So I lied before. I am reading another piece. Sorry. You're going to have to deal with it. Get over it. (laughs) Right, get over it. I lied. (laughs) The Inquisitor, who had been pacing up and down the platform, stopped and looked at Charlotte keenly in the face. What, did he look, was he going to look her in the tits? What the? (laughs) (laughs) You say this girl was like a daughter to you, he said, and yet you handed her over to the brothers willingly? Why would you do something like that? Okay. I'll finish this. The law is hard, said Charlotte, but it is the law. Okay. Yes. Good job, Charlotte. Also, why is it that the reason women shouldn't be in power is because they're too emotional and they don't know how to be, you know, indifferent and and passed down harsh. You know, they're too soft. But then... When she does something hard, then she's a stone cold bitch for not for not for being heartless. Why is yep. that? Why? Fucking why? She's a it daughter. Starts with a <laughs> <me>. <laughs> it 
starts with a P <laughs> and, ends and ends with, with an <laughs> atriarchy. moment where she's oh. like the law is hard but it is the law and it's like yeah bitch huh. yeah bitch yep. I just want I'm you to know job, that you why. said your other quote was your last quote but we got one more she said something about it yeah. remember she said deal with it yeah and it was it feels good dude feels I'm glad good. we got that because it I was necessary too. yeah seriously <laughs> I like it uh-huh. Okay, so Benny gets up and he's like, yeah, I have a comment. I support <laughs> Charlotte Branwell and her leadership. He just holds up and the I gift. renounce my claim. I don't remember what that's from, but someone says it in something and it's in my head. Anyway, I renounce my claim. It's from The Incredibles. Got it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> And like basically, he renounces superheroes. Yes, I, okay. it's um Charlotte. I renounce superheroes. <laughs> she puts her costume in the uh in the drain and turns. Oh on yeah, the thing. Violet. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> okay, so basically, like, I don't want that position anymore. Um, I think Charlotte's awesome. A plus girl, and everybody's murmuring around. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And um, he's like, plus, now we know more about Mortmain. And that's, like, a really good thing. <laughs> and the Inquisitor is like, but that's, like, all they did. And <laughs> what else is there? Like, right. What is making you change your mind? And Benedict's like, yeah, but, like, now we know who he really is. And now we know what he's doing. Like, he's using werewolves and giving them drugs. We need to prepare for war. war and i really like how charlotte was basically when she was blackmailing him she was basically like you'll figure it out you're well spoken Mm -hmm. and i think he did a very good job spinning it Mm -hmm. Uh but to me it's a very just like yeah they did that they're fine it's Mm -hmm. good like nobody believe really believes it so it's weird no because it's so out of character yeah Uh exactly Anyway, he's like, they're giving him drugs, whatever. And so Benedict suggests that maybe they partner with some of the. <laughs> what? <laughs> My phone filled it in instead of Downworlders. It says partner with Downworlder Dish. <laughs> oh, my God. Or maybe I said that because I was talk to texting this. that's how not well i've been feeling and tired (laughs) anyway so betty benedict suggests that like they partner with some of the downworlders and the powerful leaders because charlotte obviously has a good relationship with them and it could be helpful in war to have like these people on their side Uh so the inquisitor is like what about that spy that they had you know and what 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 should we do about that and i don't know why the inquisitor thinks that benedict should make all the decisions but okay uh-huh. all he did was stand up and say he needed to make a comment and for some reason the inquisitor's like asking him all the answers but anyway tell me more tell me yeah more. benedict defends charlotte obviously and um he's like well she dealt with it like she's obviously just as strong as a man oh 
That is so satisfying because you know it hurt him to say that. Yes, yep. absolutely. The strength <laughs> of a puma and the wisdom the, of a man. Of a man. Oh <laughs> so the consul's like, okay, well, like, let's vote. Okay. <laughs> so to vote, okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I read this incorrectly, but like, they pass around a glass, like, vial thing, and they whisper into it. Seems very magic. Weird. That's mm-hmm. what I said. Yes. So the vial is, like, going around, and Jem decides to, like, hold um, Tessa's hand in the middle mm-hmm. <laughs> of this. And so she just, like, closes her eyes, and she's repeating internally. She's like, I love him. I love him. I love him. She has to convince herself mm-hmm. that she loves him, and it's good to hold his hand and blah, blah, blah. Once again, why I'm team Will, but anyway, we'll talk about that in the wrap up because I have lots to say. Uh-huh. So <laughs> the vial finally gets to Jem and he whispers Charlotte's name into it. But it's weird to me, like for the same reason that Tess is there, it's weird to me that Jem would be eligible to vote because he's under 18. Yeah, I don't like it doesn't he's make not allowed sense. to go and fight. Why would he be able to vote? Uh-huh. He yeah. wasn't allowed to watch the Institute. Yeah. As yeah. an adult. Yeah. And he's so, not he's not know. 18, so he's not part of the, the clave yet. Yeah. 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 Right. Yep. So I don't know. Your opinion shouldn't count. You're a child is what I'm saying. <gasps> Just kidding. <laughs> totally joking. <laughs> uh, so anyway, this weird vial thing makes its way back up and it gets to the front and they open it up and like smoke pours out and... um it spells charlotte's name that's what i said it's very magic-y uh-huh. like eh, i didn't I like i feel that. like uh-huh. alec would I... not approve yes <laughs> <laughs> so then charlotte drops the mortal sword kind of she's just like yes because <laughs> she knows she, obviously she sees her name and henry like throws his hat in the air like it's graduation day and he's like hooray he's really excited um, so just then these huge metal bugs fly into the room, like dozens of these metal bugs. And one of them flies directly into Tessa's face. Jem like tries to rescue her, but she's like, no, boo, I got this. She slams her hat down to capture one. And then she's like, Henry, Henry, look what I can do. <laughs> so obviously she wants him to see like this bug bot thing. And so Henry comes over to take a look at it and he just smashes the hat down he just crushes this thing and he apologizes for ruining her hat and she's like oh bother the hat what is she winnie the pooh like what a weird <laughs> sentence that was i don't bother in my the head hat. when i was reading this i imagined him coming over like um slughorn like i always have a vial like to take this sample he was gonna put it in a jar or something i don't <laughs> okay like he's a detective uh-huh, he always has something yeah yep He's a scientist. So he's always got something to take okay. a specimen or a sample. That's great. I mean, that does sound like something Henry might have. Yeah, because he'd want to study it or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, it's just <laughs> it was all kind of a funny little like eh, thing. So the consul is quick to point out that like clearly we have better things, bigger and better things to worry about than who's running this institute. So. Let's focus. Let's put our energy there. Yep. 
So they get uh, back to the carriage and Henry's inspecting this little bug thing. And it looks like it's like a camera of some kind. And um, so I don't know who it is. I really couldn't pinpoint it. I think it's Henry. He points out like now that Mortmain doesn't have Jessamine, Nate or Benny, um, he's trying to send in spies like these cameras because he doesn't actually have a spy. Uh-huh. And um, to me, it seems weird that Benedict might not just be reporting back to Mortmain anyway. Cause like mm-hmm. he could just make them think that he's falling for their blackmail. So they don't turn him in, but like he wants to live longer. So I'm uh-huh. assuming he's still mm-hmm. talking to Mortmain if he can. Right. So I don't know. Cause obviously Mortmain, Nate's gone. Jessamine's gone. He might reach out to Benedict on him on his own. Yeah. I'm assuming somebody had to tell him when the Cleve meeting was happening and like yeah. what time and stuff to be ready. Good point. So yep. I'm assuming it was Benny. <sighs> yes. Thank you. Make me feel better. So Henry has to point out the obvious that it wasn't bad for um, the console to see like what Mortmain's inventions are capable of. So like, right. Cause a lot of them haven't happened. had to like, they've never dealt with an automaton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So while they're talking about this, Tessa is like thinking back in her head to write as they were leaving the, the meeting, I guess. I don't even know where they were, but whatever there are they in the where did they meet the last time oh at the the abbey right yes that's right yeah i wonder if it's the same anyway so as they were leaving um aloysius starkweather came up to her and checked on her to make sure that she was okay like that thing flew right into your face didn't hurt you did it and she was like no i'm thanks for asking i'm fine weird yeah Uh, yeah (laughs) so as they get out of, the, like, she was just thinking back to how weird that was. Suspicious. And I think I would also be thinking the same thing. This guy's not, like, a nice person. Uh-huh. So that's weird. So anyway, as they get out of the carriage, when they get back to the Institute, Henry hugs Charlotte. And he's like, I'm so proud of my beautiful wife. She's so smart. You're amazing. Rah, rah, rah. And she's like, really? You're proud of me, darling? And I'm just like, Boo. You did everything you set out to do. Why would he not be proud of you? Like, good job. Come on. Have a little more confidence than that. Anyway, as they're hugging or whatever, they may be kissing. I don't know. (laughs) They're being affectionate. And Will has to make a comment, which is funny because Tessa was even thinking, like, normally Will would make a comment. And then he does. Right. Um, And so she's like, oh, Jessamine would have told you to stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They've been around each other for so long. She knows when it's coming now. It's been three weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he says that Jessamine would have told them to stop because you're making her sick. It just seems like a weird thing to say. But okay, I guess Jessamine needed to be brought up. So Right. We don't forget fine. about her. Yeah. yeah. It was just rude. But I guess that's what he's tr- going for again. Even though he seems like he's going to tell them about the curse. Uh-huh. So... Like, I don't know. Anyway, it just seems weird to still be rude now. But okay, you win. <laughs> you win the baddie of the year. <laughs> um. So anyway, of course, Charlotte starts thinking about Jessamine. She feels bad for her. And Henry is like, it's not your fault. Hopefully the council will go easy on her. But like, let's not talk about it anymore because <laughs> we want to celebrate that the Institute's ours. And that's really a Debbie Downer conversation. No shit. So... 
moving on. <laughs> so as they're walking towards, like, into the building, into the Institute, Tessa noticed, like, a movement up in one of the curtains. And um, she's assuming that it's Sophie looking for Gideon, but she wasn't sure because it was gone so quickly. And I'm just going to go with that I think it was a ghost living in the Institute. And they're just checking in, being like, hey, I'm a ghost. <laughs> Hi. Because <laughs> other than it being Sophie, it's creepy. So why would it not be Sophie? <laughs> I like that. Hey, I'm a ghost. Yes. Hey. Okay. Ghostly I things. I want you to know that I was very confused why they were having a dinner party. I was like, why? I don't understand why everybody's getting all dressed. This makes no sense. I get it. It's because they're celebrating that they have the Institute. Yeah, huh? Okay. <laughs> Did not get that when I was reading it. I'm like, this is just fucking weird. It seems like a lot of extra work for everybody to have a dinner. Like, they would just normally eat dinner. But I got it. Okay. So, Tessa's dressed in one of the new dresses that Charlotte had made for her. And Sophie had, like, her hair. Sophie had curled Tessa's hair and pulled it up with these blue pansies that reminded her of Will's eyes. <sighs> Fuck. And she's she just wanted to pull them out. You couldn't have hair, found something like, silver, Sophie. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so on. rude of you to spend that time curling her hair and making her outfit and her accessories match. Get the fuck out exactly. of here. And she's like, I just want to like rep these out. These little fucking like <laughs> like it's just reminding me of like well, and I just want to rip them out. But then like. It makes Sophie feel bad. So, like, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just suffer. So big of me. <laughs> that was so, really good. <laughs> this is all overly dramatic. Okay, mm-hmm. Tessa's putting on her clockwork necklace, and she's like, so basically, it, the jade pendant's like at her. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say <laughs> her trachea, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. And then the clockwork angel necklace goes in underneath it. Mm-hmm. And so she's having this moment where she's like, you know what? You know what? You know what, you guys? So I'll stop doing that voice. Sorry. She's like, <laughs> I can wear both of these at the same time. There's no rule against wearing two necklaces and I'm going to do it. Which is girl. funny because when she put it on, she was wearing her clockwork necklace. So, like, okay, it, uh-huh. she's been wearing it as two necklaces. Like, I don't know what. This is not exactly. new. Exactly. It's just it's all like, very dramatic. It's been a, a whole day. Two days. <laughs> yep. And Jim wasn't but, like, I mean, hey, better take that off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've worn two necklaces before. It's not comfortable. They're going to get caught on each other. You're going to change your mind in 24 hours. You're going to get skin tags again. as you get old, like me. Yeah. Me too. Life's weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good sound clip. Tessa. <laughs> Tessa goes out into the hall and there was a surprise for her on the other side of the door and it wasn't one she wanted. It was Jim. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and he smiles at her and draws her in and then he kisses her on the mouth, which oh my God. I guess they're, they're like, I think we're alone now. But, like, at the uh-huh. same time, it just, he's very, like, okay, I don't think him kissing her on the mouth is overly affectionate for, like, the things they've done. But it's yeah. very weird to just be super 
gentleman button up yeah whatever and then kind of the other way yeah and so tessa's inner thoughts during this is she's willing herself to want to kiss him she's like i just want to melt and feel the same passion that like i had the other night like i know it's there Mm -hmm. we have chemistry obviously we got an a in it before (laughs) i'm riding like a c we need to like pump those numbers up girl Mm -hmm. And so then she s- decides to um, really feel his hands. Like, they're like, oh, she's like, strong and gentle. And then she wants to move in closer to feel the beat of his heart. That's very okay? sweet. Which reminds me, have you ever sat on somebody's lap or, like, cuddled somebody or whatever, and then you tried to breathe at the same pace they were breathing, and then you ended up almost dying? Yes. 100%. Absolutely. That's what I would. I read ahead. That's why I was laughing. I was like, fuck. My husband is so much healthier than me. I can't breathe like that. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Don't. You're going to die. You're going to die. Yep. Okay, guys. Jem is like, whoa, didn't mean to do that. Ja, ja, ja. And Tessa calls him on it saying, I think you did James. And I, I love that she's just saying James now because, uh-huh. like, I like the long names. But I really think that someone should correct her because his name is Jimothan. And it's very <laughs> weird that she's not saying her so husband's name correctly. Wow. Okay? You and he's like, no, doll. I just I just wanted to escort you to dinner. But, like, you're a straight up 10. Oh. Couldn't keep my hands off of you. And Jem goes on to tell her that he was afraid that he would wake up this morning and realize that their engagement was a dream. But it's real, right? Like, it wasn't a dream? Tessa doesn't know what's real and not, you know, know she's not the best person to ask. (laughs) Right. So she shakes her head and tears start welling up in the back of her throat. And then she thinks about how glad she is that she has a glove on to hide the burn on her hand. And she is just having a pity party. And I'm here for it because I know how that feels. Okay. Mm-hmm. I understand. Okay. And Jim apologizes to her for being such a bad bargain. And he says, shackling yourself to a dying man when you're only 16. Again, this is where it gets really played up. But mm-hmm. like, yep. he doesn't know the whole story. Right. And it is definitely P, like a capital P for plot. But... Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's overkill. Anyway, Tessa tells him, you're only 17, and that's enough time to find the cure. And we will. We're going to be together for, like, for Evs. Little do they know that they have to wait until 1978 for the cure to be founded. And then another 11 years before Picture of You is released. <laughs> Little do as like a documentarian like little did they know (laughs) it would be another hundred years because this is set in 1879 or 1878 right i think so okay Uh look dude i legitimately wrote this at two o'clock in the morning okay (laughs) so i didn't remember writing that (laughs) so it took me by surprise that really does sound I've like something that Fever out. Dream Robin would say. Yep. <laughs> okay. Ooh. 
I should have said it in a different voice is what I wish I would have. Okay, anyway. Jim says that it's something he can wait. Okay, sorry. Them living together forever is something that he can believe in because when two souls are one, they stay together on the wheel. Meaning that he was born into this world to love her and he will love her again in his next life. And Tessa thinks back to Magnus telling her that they are chained to life by a chain of gold, like them being immortal. And she finally realizes what he meant. Immortality is a gift, but not one that comes without consequences. And I am going to quote this next part. For I am immortal, she thought. Then I have only this, this one life. I will not run and change as you do, James. I will not see you in heaven or on the banks of the great river or in whatever life lies beyond this one. Damn. So Tessa decides to keep her thoughts to herself because she just has this overwhelming urge to protect Jim from pain and death. And instead she touches his cheek and then thought about how his face was against her hair that had Will's eye color flowers in Fuck. it. And they just stayed like that until the dinner bell got rang for a second time. I feel really- the dining room was super decked out in flowers and candles and Bridget made this big old feast and Gideon was in this formal attire and totally scoping Sophie out, who was in turn avoiding his gaze like when you don't want to be called on in class. You just don't make eye contact with the teacher. You're safe. Tessa had been saying this mantra to herself that she loved Jim well, and she was going to marry him. Can we him. hold on just a second? I want to talk about this part real quick. Yeah. Um. I feel really bad for Jem because everyone is trying to protect him right now. And he has no idea. And so when he finds out, because he's going to have to find out at some point. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, if I was Jem, I would be so embarrassed that all these people had, like, all, like, all this information that pertained to me and were trying to, like, it feels very patronizing and uh-huh. i feel like jem is very clear that he does not want to be patronized and so i feel well, like this is his yeah. worst nightmare he has leaps and bounds emotional like stability and maturity mm-hmm. over a lot of other people mm-hmm. so he could handle it yeah it just seems like they're treating him with kid gloves because like well might as well make his last whatever happy yep mm-hmm uh-huh. Which isn't fair to him because that's not how he wants to live his life. Yeah. Just sad to not treat him that way, though. So at the same yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a catch 22 any way you slice it. Yep. Yep. Agreed. OK, so Tessa's saying this mantra to herself. She's like, I love Jim. I'm going to marry Jim. I love Jim. I'm going to marry Jim. And she did this specifically because she knew that she was going to be seeing a very dapper Will Herondale in his formal attire. Like, what? The only thing I have to say is um, I find it interesting that Gideon thought to bring formal attire with him when he left his dad's. Yep. (laughs) Right? He had his bag all pre-packed. Yeah. So it seems this the scene to me was written weird. So all of that is happening mm-hmm. as Jim and Tessa are like in the doorway. 
Oh, okay. All of those things are like boom, boom, boom. So they're kind of coming into the room. And Gideon asks if Robin or Bridget is always singing. <laughs> and before he can answer, Henry notices that Jem and Tessa are there. And so he's like, we've been waiting for you guys to get him. And then right off the bat, oh, Jim announces that him and Tessa have some news. Fuck. And everyone excluding Will looks over at them. And there's like a pause where you can hear Bridget singing a sad song from the kitchen. And I will read it to thee now. Okay. I should have listened to the, I have no idea what tune or what cadence this is supposed to be. And so I'm legit going to just read it unless you want to take over because you know what it's supposed to sound no. like. Anybody? No. No? Okay. Twas on an evening fair I went to take the air. I heard a maid making her moan said saw ye my father or saw ye my mother or saw ye my brother John or saw ye the lad that I love best and his name it is Sweet William. Plutie 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 plot. Okay. And Tessa's like, I am legit going to murder that one. (laughs) (laughs) So Charlotte's like, okay, Jim, let the cat out of the bag. Because they're shivering with anticipation. Fuck. (laughs) And Jim lifts his and Tessa's hands in the air, like which I think is just fucking weird, okay? And he's like... They just don't care. Yep. (laughs) Yep. He's like, we're engaged to be married, which I feel like is something you do as like you've walked down the aisle and you've already been married. You're like lacing your hands yeah. together. But uh-huh. like, they're like, ladies and gentlemen, kind of just like, for the very first time. But he, God, he points out like I asked her and she said, yes, like that, that uh-huh. seems like a weird thing to add. Duh. Yeah. Right. We just take picture, Instagram pictures with our rings up and go, yeah. I said yes. We don't have to. We yeah. all know what the question is. <laughs> yeah. God, Jim. <sighs> oh, good stuff. Okay. It's a really There's weird There's a way. stunned oh. silence, guys. Sophie's Sophie's mouth is like hanging open and Tessa thinks about how like she is a not Sophie Tessa is a downwalder and she's not technically supposed to be marrying a shadow hunter and um like that's what she thinks is like going through people's minds right now and apparently the whole announcement to the room about their engagement was not what she was expecting would happen she thought they were like going to go talk to everyone individually so she's stunned that he just like pulled it out and Tessa hopes that, like, someone's going to say or do something positive because she doesn't want this moment to be spoiled for Jim. Mm-hmm. And then Will gets up from his chair, of course, prompting Tessa to think about how handsome he is. And now he's this totally reinvented man and she's never going to get to know the real Herondale. Trademark pending. Gross. So Will holds up his wine glass and calls a toast out to them, saying he couldn't imagine better news and wishing them a long and happy life. It, like, basically pumped up the room and, like, everyone started talking at once and, like, Sophie comes over to hug Tessa and, like, everyone's like, eh, 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 
but except Charlotte, she's just sitting in silent with like her hand on her chest. And Tessa's like, are you feeling okay? And she's like, yeah, um, it's just that I kind of like have some news of my own and I wanted to say something and you fucking came and, uh, <laughs> stole the spotlight. So now I'm feeling kind of conflicted on whether I should say my news because you just said your news. And this whole thing is very social and I don't know how to deal with it. <laughs> Wait, that was, that was me. Right, that was not right. her. Okay, and I'm really sorry that I'm all the quote unquotes, but I absolutely love the next part, so you have to deal with it. Yes. Yes, darling, said Henry. We won the Institute pack, but everybody all does already know. <laughs> no, not that hat. Sorry. Not no, that. not that, Henry. You. Charlotte made a hiccuping sound, half laughter, half tears. Henry and I are going to have a child, a boy. Brother Enoch told me. I didn't want to say anything before, but. And Henry starts like whooping or whatever. But dude, let me just say the silent brothers are totally awesome, man. Reminds me of Star Trek where all they have to do is like scan the tricorder and they're able to see the sex of the baby right away. Like so cool, the dude. Tricorder. Nerd. <laughs> That's even nerdy for me. Yeah. It happened when um, Bilana. Nobody cares about that. What we do care about is It was a holographic doctor and he could hold a medical instrument. That That is is like science fiction. (laughs) Yeah. So here's the thing I have to point out is that like, what was it? Two chapters ago, Charlotte and Henry didn't know the other one loved each other, but they made a baby. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've, They've been husband and wife for five years. I mean, or, yep. or more. That's interesting. They sleep in the same bed. They be fucking. They yeah. just did, They didn't know that they loved each other. They thought they were just married. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so Henry swoops Charlotte up to dance her around the room. And then he, like, suddenly stops and he's like, oh, my God, this might be bad for the baby. And Fucking Charlotte's every like, man ever. dude, find a dance. Okay. And Henry's like, no, straight to bed rest for you. I don't want anything to happen to little Buford. And Charlotte tries to invoke her veto power over the name. Just as Cyril comes in saying there's someone at the door to see Henry. And Henry's like, this is a private dinner party? And I didn't hear the doorbell. WTF, mate. Dude, they've had Cyril's enough like, excitement yeah. for one night. We're capped. Yep. For and real. One time. Just one time. And Cyril's like, yeah, you didn't hear a doorbell because she's Nephilim. And she says it's important and she's not going to wait. She's not waiting. And Henry's like, ah, fuck, fine, let her in. And then it gives everybody a minute to wonder who the mystery woman is, but not for very long because Cyril quickly returns with a young girl in tow. And this is in Tessa's inner eye. And it's, she says that the girl had a black traveling cloak on. And even if she hadn't seen her before, Tessa would know who it was because she looked just like her bro jam. <sighs> It's the one and only Cecily Herondale. And she's there 
to be trained in hunting shadows. <gasps> oh, shit. Oh, my gosh. Total <sighs> drama. Total drama. Stir the pot. Holy crap. Do we have a lot to talk about next week? Holy yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you guys, there's no homework for the long weekend. Okay? (laughs) There's no assignments on chapters to read. We're going to have an open book test. Okay? (laughs) Where we're just going to discuss everything in whole. We'll wrap it up if you will. Yeah. So don't forget to ask us those questions and um, for behind the scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at downworlderdishpodcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.